0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: And that guy shouts, hey, everybody, recruiting, yeah, yeah, recruiting animal here on April 11, 1-1, April 1, one 2018. I'm going to be very quick. I read an article about diversity this week. It's very, very interesting, and I want to share it with you. I'll give you all the info. It's by a woman named Allison Reynolds and a guy named Dave Lewis. It's in the Harvard Business Review. I didn't make it up. These two people note that the common idea these days about diversity is that the more a team is diverse in terms of age, gender, and ethnicity, the more creative and productive it's going to be. You've heard it that you know diversity affects the bottom line, et cetera, et cetera. But according to these two people, that's not true. They have a test they've run over a hundred times, and they found no correlation between this kind of diversity I just mentioned and improved performance. You hear that? According to them, the kind of diversity that improves productivity is cognitive diversity. You can say it, cognitive diversity. And by that they mean the way you think when you're presented with a problem that is new for you, right? And cognitive, it's a big word I know, (laughs) cognitive preferences – they're established when you're young, right, so young that they're independent of education, culture, and social conditioning, all the other stuff that diversity normally is considered to be made of. So, you know, you can have a, a male programmer from Greece and a female programmer from Italy on the same team, but that's not going to help you unless they think differently in a way that goes way beyond their Ethnic or gender identities. I found that interesting. And now, Jerry, Jerry.
2: What show is this? The recruiting.
3: As, You're a, welcome. as an intricate part of this show. <laughs> an,
0: <laughs> an integral part of this show. I will deny. We are up against some pretty stiff competition today. You know, the, the Zuckerberg show is on
1: right now, too. Is, is it still going? Oh yeah, who, who, it's day who, two. Who, who's rattling there, stupid? It's probably uh A stringer form. with the top down and his uh Hey, stop it! Like You're Latin making noise, stage. you dummy, okay? Not A Stringer, whoever's doing it. I, I'm going to have to go through every single extension again. both, oh, both of it. them. Uh, see, there's a lot of people called in to really? hear A Stringer, believe it or not. Okay. I, I was trying to get the word did. out. Okay, let <laughs> me. You know you didn't because you didn't post in your group. Okay. Oh, I mean about uh, I...
0: voting for my band to be able to play with Night Ranger.
1: Okay. okay. You know, they're my they're one of
0: my favorite bands. They're from Canada.
1: Can you hold on a sec while I thank my sponsors? I want to thank my sponsors, everybody. Martin Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, the boss at PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army Knife of Recruiting Software. Nin Tran, N-I-N-H, Tran, T-R-A-N, the COO of Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool. And finally, Nick Livingston, the CEO of Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T-U-A-L. online interview technology. And as you mentioned, our guest today is Mike A. Stringer, an old friend of the show. Mike A.
3: Stringer, are you here? Yes, Adam, and if I could just say something, it's interesting that you said a lot of people called in because I've been waiting for the the email from you asking me to be on again so your ratings would go up. Thank you
1: very much. Thanks. I appreciate it. Anything...
3: (laughs) anything to boost
1: the show then i can show the ratings to these sponsors and say you can't live without me okay so you know you pr- you you know i always t- tell tell people if you got a specific issue you want to bring to the show let me know you only brought one why is online recruiting like online dating okay so tell us i don't know
0: i haven't got a Here clue. we go
3: <laughs> well it's interesting that you would ask a guy that gets a lot of chicks right Oh, is he didn't ask me. He asked you,
2: dude.
3: <laughs> you married way right? over your Were head, you asking married.
2: me, Animal?
1: <laughs> no, I was asking Mike Astringer, but you can answer after him if you want to. Go ahead, Mike Astringer. Uh, I was that online dating right and online recruiting the same.
3: Come on. This well, better Ger- be good. Jerry, I'll just say that you married way over your head, so you're my hero anyway.
1: Uh, that was my goal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it's exactly. It's exactly the same because think about Match.com and LinkedIn, right? You look at profiles. You pick out a profile that you want. You you try and send an interesting message to get the person's attention. You have that initial phone call to see if there's a match. The first interview is just like a first date. As you go all the way through the process, it's exactly the same, Uh, meeting a candidate online and meeting a chick online.
1: Okay, you know what? That was kind of bland. Uh, I really, I oh, better. it's true. I
2: totally agree with him. And you kind of have to flirt in a way. (laughs) And I know that's apolitical. We We all know know how how smooth A-Stringer is. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you have to have some sort of chemistry with your candidate in order to connect with you. Kathy, Kathy,
1: Kathy, let me ask Kathy a question. No, no, let me ask Kathy a question. How are you flirting with somebody online, a candidate? Give me a break.
2: You know, in this political world, I shouldn't use that term, but you do have to create, I believe, some sort of chemistry, because most of the time you're not meeting these people in person, just like I didn't meet my husband in person. I met him on Match.
1: Okay, now give me an example. What kind of oh, how do you build chemistry? Come on, I'll ask everybody. How do you build chemistry? You build chemistry
2: know. by finding things in common, by asking uh-huh. a lot of questions about the other person. People in like what? In love like what?
4: To like what? Like
1: what? Stop it, Giving it
2: away. You're giving all the good stuff away. No, ask
1: questions. That's what I do in the interview. How many years experience have you had doing X, Y, and Z? Are you asking if you enjoy it? If,
2: if they enjoy it, you know, Well, I you, did X, Y, and Z first time when that.
0: I was fourteen. This show needs some sort of order and direction. Here, it's, it's off the rails already.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. I'll leave it behind <laughs> anyway, let's well, go ahead. Hey, hey, it's Rich Rosen. Hey, so when you're talking to candidates, don't you just bring up any personal stuff? I mean, yeah, I, I made more money bitching about my wife than I did than any other way to build rapport with people. Every you know, every guy's fighting with their wife ah! or something. It, it yeah, works like she, a charm. <laughs>
1: and she asks for does she ask for a percentage
0: of those candidates? She spends it before she gets it. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
3: It's uh, Mike. It, but that's, I'm sorry. No, but go that. Ahead, actually a,
2: that that actually no, is a ahead. really great that's,
3: point. I mean. I do the exact same thing. I, I find before I talk to somebody, I find something on their LinkedIn profile or their resume, something I can relate to I, to have a conversation. Can so you, pick we live, out, can you tell us? We don't be general. With. Give me something
1: to work with. It's concrete. I, I find something on their LinkedIn profile. Like
3: what? All right. I'll give you an example. Uh, you probably know I'm pretty passionate about voting. And, uh, uh, I had a candidate a couple of years ago had that he was commodore of his yacht club was actually on his LinkedIn profile. That was the first 20 minutes of our conversation boating.
1: What if what if they're not into boating cuz very few people are into boating, okay? What if they're not? What you else can do you... <laughs> you can find some You can find something. You can find some common ground <laughs> yeah, like with everybody. don't just say don't you just say unproved
4: stuff. Oh, you can find something. Like what? Alan? like what? You name it: schools, sports, hobbies, their parts of their work. I mean, are you married, animal? Seriously?
0: <laughs> no, I, I mean re- really, really. You want to hear?
4: 50 years. You want to know the simple answer that Kathy was getting to and Mike was getting to? Here it is: how it equates to dating. Instead of going out there and talking to the woman and, and telling her all about yourself, which they all complain we do. Woman or man, Alan. So, so what do Woman you think man, it
2: doesn't matter.
4: Yes, that's true. You just you are interested out. be genuinely interested in them. Ask them what do you do? Why are you here? Did you grow up here? where did you go to school? Oh, private Catholic whatever. God He's
2: right. You know, people love to talk oh. about people love to talk about themselves. And that's just inherent. Mm-hmm. And it's uh. like if you go to a cocktail party, you're bound to be able to network if you ask a lot of questions. To somebody that you don't know. You no,
1: know, I think, think it's, it's more like important you. to have something I think it's more important to have something worthwhile to talk about, not just ask well, questions. Of course,
2: you're gonna to get to that, next, but this is if you're a good recruiter like Mike is, then these are the fine tuning methodologies that one can use.
3: Okay. Next and at the issue. end of
2: the process,
3: you either yeah. present an offer letter or a box of condoms.
2: Okay. Jeez. Okay. <laughs>
1: next next issue. Current salary. Is it a problem for you, Mike
3: Astringer? if you can't ask a candidate? I no longer ask. And the reason I no longer ask is that so many cities and states across the country are outlawing it, and I work nationally. I don't want to uh, uh, unintentionally step in that well, so I no longer ask. Okay, so uh,
1: how do you... It doesn't cause any problems for you?
3: So, what I normally say is You know, what would this role have to be in compensation to have your interest? And seven times out of ten, they're going to respond back and tell you what they make currently anyway. Uh And if they don't? And if they don't, I go to my clients and I tell them that my policy is to no longer ask because of the reason I just said. Uh, I live just outside of Philadelphia. I work a lot in Boston. Those are two cities, for example, that you can't ask the question. New York, I don't think you can ask. Other other areas are, are, are getting to that point. So, Okay, uh, what I if you're working in a territory State. where that.
1: – that, what if the client says, Mike, Mike, I understand if you're in Boston or Philadelphia, you can't ask, but I'm not in Boston or Philadelphia. I want you to find out. What would you do
3: then? I haven't talked to you in two years, and you still haven't learned how to listen. I said I explained that it's my policy to ask nowhere – because of the changing laws in municipalities. Yeah, I, I but they're irrelevant.
1: Out. Well, isn't why? that convenient. What do you isn't mean? Why is that convenient, convenient,
3: Jerry? Why is uh-uh. that convenient? I spent 22 years asking the question. I no longer ask it.
2: Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, why not?
3: I just can't Because
2: it's you can't. lazy. Yeah, California just <laughs> passed it. You can't ask, didn't they, uh-huh. Alan? You can no yeah, longer people,
4: you can no longer directly ask, nor can any agent or anybody related or doing the work can they ask what you make? Is there a punishment for it? Right now, there's not. It's not even a misdemeanor, but they can build up enough evidence over time to to have a class
2: action suit. I just, Yeah, but you had a great way of finding it out, Alan. I forget what you how you worded it a, a few. You, you shows can give about. them a
1: range. You can ask them where they need to be
2: financially yeah, because it yeah. move
1: to make sense. Right, and there
4: you can just. Yeah, it's really a non starter. The other one that's going to be coming up that I think will be a little bit different is wasn't it yesterday a circuit court just said, um, I don't know if it's going to have to be published, but basically everybody's going to have to be paid same or similar within a relevant range. That one's going to start to get a little tricky. (laughs) I don't know
1: if it'll come through. Okay, next question. What if a candidate you you quote a certain uh, salary range? I don't know, Mike. Do you do you give them a range? What if they say, you, Mike, how much is this job paying? Do you
3: tell them anything? I don't. I I kind of laugh and say, uh, you know, I can't go first. Mike, uh-huh. you ha- what, what if you have to? I, I don't. I I refuse to. I absolutely won't. Uh, but what I'm saying if a is, the candidate is not willing. To, if a candidate is not willing to talk to me about uh, what their compensation expectations are. Uh, I will tell them, listen, I'm not going to let you price yourself out, et cetera, et cetera, but I will not go first. I absolutely will not go first. I never have. I never will. <clears throat> Excuse me. If um, somebody tells me, you know, if I know a job pays 120 and they tell me they're looking for 150, I will then say to them, really, that the, the top of the range, the top of the salary band, the most that we could go for this role is 120 um, and have that conversation, but I won't go first. But okay, what if but you have on.
4: to if, if asked?
3: If asked, I tell them I can't go first. I, I need to know what your compensation expectations are. <sighs> All right,
4: let me put it a little differently. In California, if you're my candidate and I say, so, what's I ask your question, what's it going to take? What are, you, what are you looking for? Whatever. And you say, you know, I'm not there yet, but what's the range? I'm required to answer with a relevant range within the within, I mean, I have to answer with a relevant range. I, guess I can't, I'm glad I I can't really not college. answer it.
3: Never heard that before. I wasn't even aware of that. I guess I'm glad I don't work in California.
4: Yeah, well, it's other states too. We're just, I just know what the law is here.
1: Okay, but Mike, you actually, if the person says, Mike, what's a pain, you say, I'm sorry, I, I'm, I can't tell you before you tell me what you're looking for. You actually tell them something like that?
3: I just laugh and say, I, you know I can't go first. And they fall for that. They they go along with it every time. I've never had a compensation conversation be a problem. Okay, but
1: here's my question. Let's say you know I'm a pretty blunt.
3: I'm a pretty blunt Jersey guy, Adamo. Right? People don't give me a hard time. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Okay. So look, let's say the person gives you uh, say, okay, Mike, 120. I'll, I'll go for that. And then, but that's let's say it's not the top of the range. Okay, you don't say, but they'll say, Mike, I'm looking for $120,000. They go out to the interview, they hear all about the details from the actual people they're going to be working with, and come back to you and say, Mike, I, I'm not going to take less than $140 for this job or $150. I mean, it's it's far more complex than than you sort of gave me the impression it was. It, it's
3: it's worth more. What are you going to do? So I've I, okay, got on never happen. Nope. What? Uh, of course, people have come back and said they want more money, but number one, every contact I have with a candidate throughout the process, I remind them of a few things, and one of them is compensation yeah uh, so when i'm scheduling an interview, for example, I will say to them, so just to confirm, uh, you know, when I submitted you to the hiring manager, I told them you were looking for one hundred and twenty thousand. I bring it up fifty times in the interview and or in the process rather, and then when I make them an offer, I always start it with. When we spoke on April 11th and in our subsequent conversations, you told me you were looking for 120. Great news. I got you off offer at 120. But my other comment to that is, you know, I think it's really BS when somebody says, oh, this role is more entailed, or, you know, my compensation expectations uh, de- are dependent upon what the responsibilities of the roles are. No, I, we, we're not going there. Everybody's got a compensation number in mind. It doesn't matter if I have to spend – uh you know, more time doing task A than task B. This is what your compensation expectations are. I I, I don't I don't go for that. Oh, there there's more there's more to this job that Does i Does everybody there was.
1: agree with that? Because I have Mike, to tell I'll... you something. Go ahead, Al. You have you have something about that? I want to know about that.
3: Yeah, I'm Anybody curious. I think it was...
4: Yeah, you mind? Or do you, you want to run an ad ahead. first? Okay. Oh, okay, Mike, no no I'll um, do yes, an ad.
1: Rotation. Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> okay. Because we're
4: my apologies. My apologies.
1: <laughs> apologies, apologies. Hey everybody, recruiting animal here for PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. You know, yesterday I read an article about how to create a brand, and here's what the guy said. He said you want to try and reduce everything down to the simplest idea, and then you repeat some simple lines again and again and again, and that becomes your brand. And that's what I'm trying to do here. So I'm going to tell you that P. PC Recruiter is configurable, configurable, configurable. And you know what that means? It means you shape it to suit the way you work. It doesn't shape you. PC Recruiter doesn't dictate the way you work. You tell it how you want to work. And you might say, but Animal, I'm not a techie. I can't configure anything. But you know what? You don't have to worry about that because PC Recruiter has a support team that's dying to help you. They don't care if you're a solo recruiter working out of your own home, the basement, or the garage. doesn't matter. Or if you're a member of a big recruiting company, a big recruiting team, actually, at a big company. You know why? Because big or small, they fit them all. So check them out, please, at net. Jerry, was that okay? That was okay. That was okay. Good. Okay,
3: Alan, back to you uh, and, Alan, and Mike. Alan, can you comment on what I said? Can I, can I just say something? Go for it. Uh, you know, I'm not a third-party external recruiter either. So some of what my thoughts, opinions, and views are um, might be different on the agency side. No, no, I get.
4: It. I'm a, I'm not external either. I'm just my. Okay. And I think Scott. I think Scott Love put put it out there yesterday, or Frank Columbus, whatever. Um, it was a good question. It was what yeah, if Frank Resolvato. Yeah. Frank, thank you. Whatever. It was. It was. Okay. I should so, mention his name. I You're, like
1: Alan, name, I don't have permission. You're talking. It was on Jerry's so, group. Let's just say it was on Jerry's group, recruiters geez, who actually make placements. Okay, go ahead. Um, Jerry, whatever. Best group on the Facebook page it's not,
4: it's not too common, but it happens when you and I are I'm – I'm your candidate, Mike, and I'm saying I want 100. I go in for the interview. I meet with the hiring team, and I come back and say, you know what? After learning more about this, this is really more than you and I talked about. I think that the comp on this really isn't a hundred; it's more 110, 112, something like that. You know, that's where I'm coming from. You're saying you won't, you, you know, dude, you can't do it. We're talking a hundred; it's a hundred. I'm saying after an interview now and then, it comes back and they're like, you know, you wanted me to do four things. The the executives are telling me it's really ten. So let's talk.
3: I, I just personally, I don't feel it has a bearing, and I'm going to push back on that. Okay. Now I'm not going to say oh. I'm going to win. Every, I'm not going to say I'm going to win every time, but I don't think it has a uh-huh. bearing because I think some okay. of these compensation expectations. At least I can speak for myself. My compensation expectations have to do with my personal compensation expectations, not necessarily what the job is.
1: Okay. 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 We're not going to get anywhere past this. What about uh, an initial phone screen? What do you? What kind of questions do you ask? Can you give us a real-life sample? Do you remember a, a, a phone screen that you've done recently?
3: God, it's been so long since I did a phone screen. Uh, what, really, is it? No, How no, come? No. I, thought, I thought you were a recruiter. That was a joke. Oh. I'm just kidding. Okay. First of all, let me just say that I hate phone screens that are, tell me what you did last Thursday. That's, that's, that's not me. My, my phone screen is completely conversational. So I'm going to get on the phone with you, Animal. We're going to find some common ground like we talked about earlier. Um, oh, I, I see your Commodore, your, your, lock, your yacht club. What kind of boat do you have? I've, I've got a 32-foot cruiser. We're going to talk about that. We're going to set some common ground, and then we're going to talk. So I see, <clears throat> Animal, that you've been a recruiter for the last 15 years, but you haven't made a placement in 14. Yeah! You know,
2: Yeah! We're going to... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, okay. you know, we're, we're going to talk. About, so it's <laughs> so, all hold on. on, I actually so, saw that you you have recruited recruiters. Give me, give 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 us some examples of the questions on your pre your your initial early screen. Okay, what what do you want to know? How do you ask the questions? If you can't, if you want to pass off, we won't. We don't have to do this question. I can move on because it sounds like I'm not going to get a,
3: an answer. Do you want to tell us? So, if I'm going to get on the phone with a recruiter, it's going to be you know common ground. We're going to talk about. BS candidates and things that have come up and laugh a little bit and whatever. But, you know, obviously I'm going to want to know the types of roles that they're, they've recruited on. I'm going to want to know what their technique to find candidates is because I think that too many young recruiters just depend on the Internet and don't necessarily know how to pick up the phone. So Let's move. To Let's me, I, that's I'm not tired of this
1: question. Let's, have you ever worked for a startup? Maybe you're working for startups now. Work.
3: I don't know. 75% of the work that I do is with startups.
1: Okay. Now, somebody wrote on Facebook just the other day that it's particularly exciting working for a startup because the recruiter it is. plays a really big role in building a new company. Would you agree with that, that it's different from working for a larger firm?
3: 100%. I have started – uh, in one startup, I started when the founder first got his funding. The founder was the only employee, and I helped him build his company. Other, uh-huh. fa- other startups, I've gotten involved at 14 people and grown them to 120 or 130. That's, that's really exciting. It's really exciting to know that uh, a company that I helped build, for example, sold to Citrix a year ago. Um, I take some pride in that. I feel like uh, uh, I was the guy that helped him get there. But
2: they don't have a lot
1: of money, right? They don't have a lot of money, and they're kind of unstable. So I'm wondering if it's harder to work for. Like some people say, you know, I want to get some, pay for some recruiting tools, sourcing tools. My company doesn't have the money, or they're not willing to spend the money. Is it harder to work in a startup than in another situation, harder to attract people, harder to uh, get the money to buy tools that you're interested in using?
3: I'm not a big tool guy. I do have LinkedIn Recruiter. I do have Lucia. I do have—I always say it wrong—Hire Tool. Your your uh, your uh, sponsor there. Sponsor. Those are the only uh-huh. three. Tool- Those are the only three tools that I use, um, and uh-huh. I use them primarily to get contact information to pick up the phone and make a phone call. Um, The bigger picture to me in a startup is the cultural fit of a startup. You're not going to pull somebody out of Microsoft or Accenture and get them to go work for a 20-person startup. But there are people that are excited to work in that environment. So in your sourcing, if you're targeting people who came out of that environment, then really the best people to grab out of those are the people that worked for, for example, the startup that I worked for that grew to 120 people and then sold to Citrix. Once Citrix bought that company, there was an exodus out the door. Um, I had another. I've had several startups that have been acquired, and every time there's an exodus out the door. Yeah, so but hold on a second. Always, One more those... question.
1: One more question about that. Well, two questions. First of all, I want to know why you have LinkedIn Recruiter. Why you buy that? Secondly, I want to know um, why not recruit someone from Microsoft. Maybe they feel like you know a small uh, nobody in a big organization. Because the company's going to they...
0: hire them. Just... The startup's not going really? right. to hire him. You don't think so, Rich? That's yeah. nah. so all I do are startups. For 22 years, I've done startups. They don't want the guy. They typically don't want IBM, Oracle, not Oracle so much, but IBM, Microsoft guys. Unless they have got a mutual connection, it's not—it's generally not happening.
1: So, so, so where are bringing the people in.
0: For sales guys.
1: Uh-huh. So you're bringing mm-hmm. people from other small companies. Is that right? People who are used to yeah, being they may have worked. V- versatile? Yeah, they've gone to work, uh-huh.
0: gone to a startup, been at Microsoft, been at another startup. Um, that that's what's going to get them excited at, at you know, a 20-person startup or a 30-person startup.
3: And I think you, know, you, you might see, agree with me that when that 20- or 30-person startup becomes 100 and 110 and 120, those original first 20 people, the culture has changed, the company changed, things have changed. Yep. They're a great target at that point to go back to a 20-person startup.
0: 100%.
1: 100%. Okay. Okay. There's a recruiting tip for everybody that I didn't know. Hey, as Mike, has anyone ever gotten angry at you for contacting them? Because uh, Rich, rich people have gotten angry at him.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> you know what's funny? I think that was more prevalent 20 years ago than it is today. 20 years ago, Jerry knows we used to get into battles with those. There was another board you don't of call California of anymore. What's that?
0: It's because it's you don't call California anymore. People in California always get mad at everything.
2: Yeah, no, we know, don't. You know, no, we don't. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa. Who
4: said that?
2: <laughs> don't say that.
0: Who said that? <laughs> Rich
1: said that, Rosen.
0: <laughs> okay, Was we're that slowing you, down.
1: We're slowing down. I disagree. No, no, with no.
4: Hold people. on, hold on. You start this in <laughs> California, and I, I just want to politely and calmly ask, why do you think we're all militant? Uh, I, I don't think ability,
0: ability. I said uh, more fragile. Fragile is the better word. We are <laughs> <Bring laughs> so laid back. It's Bring ridiculous. It, <laughs> you, oh my you god! Want, you I, want... I, I had a guy call me. I had a guy call me a few uh, well, a while ago at this point because I left a voicemail saying San Fran instead of San Francisco. He's left me a five minute light like, with a five minute argument over how oh, you're disgustingly right. rude and how much I don't know anything because I said San Fran. Oh, so well, now, now, hold, friend, on, now, hold on! No, hold, <laughs> <now>, hold on. <laughs> let me get. Let me get. Keep... And
2: if you call us Cali, we can't stand that either.
0: Oh I don't know. Uh, but you're going to waste it, your time calling someone to complain about it? No, because you
2: are a salesperson. <laughs>
0: but okay. what it is? Can I get I, back, I guess, can I, can I get back
1: to my I'm not interested in California. You're killing the show, <laughs> California. Okay? We not want to hear about you. Okay, here's the thing. We can get past I I hear, for a second. I, hear but animal, of people I think want that it Wait a second, Mike, I, I hear people say- whining, it's show slowing down, I hear people whining that, hey, uh, you emailed me at work, okay, <laughs> and it's a disaster, <laughs> oh, you're dying, i got to lose my job, you emailed me at work, how dare you, let alone that you called me at work, right, uh, it's ridiculous, it, it, and I see people complain, you know, complaining on Facebook that somebody yelled at them this morning, 645 or whenever they called, go ahead, Mike. So you think people? I was going to say. So I think in.
3: part of that is, is by skill set too. Software engineers get fifty calls and emails a day. Uh, you know, they they do get annoyed by it a little bit. A sales guy will talk to you any time. Uh, uh, accountants probably aren't getting as many phone calls. So I think part of that. Okay, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a also. question. Next question.
1: Okay, I'm, uh, I got to pick things up. I have got to do an ad. Okay, look, but here's the question I'm going to ask you when I come oh, back. Sorry,
3: I'm boring.
2: No, oh, no, you guys. Have, you show. started
0: to. T-
1: it got the conversation got too diverse. Okay. No, it's a good show, animal. Yeah. Okay. Of best advice, Mike. Mike, what's the best advice? recruiting advice you've ever received i'll be back in a second to ask you that question hi everybody it's recruiting animal here for Hire tool h-i-r-e-t-u-a-l and you know Hire tool is the super duper sourcing tool you heard mike astringer uses it you tell it what you want and it writes search strings for you you don't have to know anything you could be stupid you could be ignorant like everybody says i am okay doesn't matter you could still be a recruiter it does the search for you. It gives you back ranked results from top to bottom. It tells you who's best for your job, who is probably ready for a move. And it also guesses what salary range these people are in. It, so you, you don't even have to ask them. The tool tells you. And it searches a wide range of sites, Facebook, GitHub, LinkedIn, you name it. Not only that, as Mike just said, Tool is famous for giving you good contact information and you can get a free Chrome extension and try it out okay so check them out at HireTool H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L dot com okay best advice Mike best recruiting advice that you've ever got you've been in the business for a long time somebody must have told you something
3: the advice I always give to young recruiters is your reputation is all you have we all do the same job. Many of us have a similar skill set. Your reputation, the way you do business, and your ethics are what's going to carry you forward in this career.
1: Anybody else want to offer? Best advice they've ever had? Jerry, you're sleeping through the whole show. Sorry, I didn't
3: like that answer.
0: Well, I didn't you know what it means, but I'm, I'm not just gonna... listening. I'm just learning so much here I'm just soaking yeah. it all in. Yeah. I'm just yeah. you know that.
1: Okay. Mike. Why do you t- use LinkedIn Recruiter? I mean, I didn't understand that. It's, it's really expensive. Why do you use it? And you, you work as a team where you have to share folders of people and stuff like that. Why do you go for the big uh, bucks?
3: I use the LinkedIn Recruiter Lite, um, and I use it because I do in-mail when I can't find contact information, and I think that the search capability is a little bit better than the based LinkedIn account, so I don't even know what it is, 500 bucks a month, something like that. might not even be that much. I don't remember. But um, uh, it's a relatively inexpensive tool for the ability to uh, – I was running out of in-mails before, so uh, it's, I've been using it for years now, and it's a relatively inexpensive tool and to be answer, able to make people, contact with people answer, so I can't.
1: People answer your in-mails? Is that what you're suggesting? They answer your
3: in-mails? They do. And I say th- I personally feel like I get better answers to in-mails sometimes than I do emails. Uh huh. Do you ever call a company
1: the front desk and ask for somebody? Jerry says nobody does it anymore, but
3: I don't believe that's true.
1: Do you ever call the front desk and say, "May I speak to so and so?"
3: If I have a name and a company and I can get that direction, sure. I don't use the ruses that we were taught. 23, 24 yeah. years ago. What, but what oh, if I met such a, the, such an accomplice and I can't remember his name? I don't yeah. do that what kind of thing. If what if the gatekeeper? What if
1: the receptionist says, "Why are you calling? What's the purpose of your call?" What do you say? Uh,
3: then I may push the envelope a little bit. If it's a if it's a sales guy, uh, first of all, they're probably not going to ask. But if it's a sales guy, I might uh, say it's an inquiry about a product. Somebody gave me his name, something of that nature. What if it's an accountant? Um, What if it's
1: an accountant? See, look what you went for. You went for the easy one. You went for the one for the person who's got an outside contact. Pick somebody who doesn't have an outside contact and tell me how you'd get through to that person. We want to teach the people who are listening to this show. Don't dodge the issue. Just say, I wouldn't, I'd be flabbergasted. Oh, sorry, I I can't answer that question. Goodbye. Goodbye. I hang up the phone. So pump. it's a
3: situational thing. If it's an accountant that works in an account's receivable or an account's payable, I'm calling about an invite. You're uh, picking,
1: look, you know, you're picking the easy ones. You're picking the low-hanging fruit. Come on. You want to talk to some – I'm you all know about low-hanging fruit, animal. Yeah, okay. If okay, you had seen some of the women question. I've dated, you'd know I'm about low-hanging yeah. fruit. <laughs> Okay, now what about this? I've been reading a lot lately that some recruiters can't get uh, good access to a hiring manager, and they say that you know, if you, you've if you've got direct access to a hiring manager, you can get all your questions answered whenever you have to have them answered. You've got a seventy-five percent chance of filling a position. If you don't have direct access, it's twenty-five percent. Do you agree with that?
3: Uh, not necessarily. So, I mean, I'm in-house, I always have access to hiring managers, but when it comes to external third-party recruiters, our hiring managers can't spend all day, every day talking to recruiters, particularly if they're working with multiple ones, so I believe that uh, as the internal talent acquisition resource, I need to be strong enough, and I need to have a strong enough relationship with the hiring manager, and I need to understand the wreck enough that I can communicate that information to you. It's very rare that an external recruiter is going to have access to my hiring managers.
1: Okay. Anybody got questions for Mike? Michael G Cox, you're pretty quiet. Anything that I could ask him?
0: <clears throat> what, uh, what positions are you normally recruiting for?
3: I'm a generalist. So, so animal didn't really talk about my business, but basically I'm the outsourced talent acquisition resource for a number of small companies and startups. So I'm working everything that those companies have. So, you know, if you were happen to, to look at my careers page right now, um, I am working on, sorry, I'm bringing it up. I'm working on a couple of, um, a couple of sales jobs, I am working on some digital project managers for uh, a, a digital ad agency. I'm working on a director of marketing for a nonprofit. I'm working on a director of HR for a startup in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, I'm working on a um, – Okay,
1: so you uh, don't have a niche. That's what Mike, 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 Michael G. Cox really wants to say. Gee, Mike, it sounds like you don't have a niche. How can you recruit for all of these positions when you don't have any in-depth knowledge of any of them?
3: I'll tell you why I don't, because in the recession in – Whenever it was, 1999 or 2000, I was an IT recruiter living and working in Las Vegas. Those were probably the worst two things to be at that point. And I said to myself, I will never be in that position again. So I consider myself uh, a search recruiter and uh, a generalist, and uh, I work on every role internally for the clients that I work with. Okay. Be those but the, do they,
1: sales, to those do the, candidates, do the candidates ever challenge you then? Hey, Mike, you don't know anything. Why should I deal with you?
3: Why, why would they? They're they're they're, they're working with in, an internal resource. They're not working with an external third-party recruiter. There's a huge difference there. If I was an external third-party recruiter, I would probably have to find a niche. Okay. Okay.
1: Any other questions? I'm opening it up to the everybody. Hi, Maureen. Maureen just joined the show. Hi.
3: Hi. Anybody else? There's name from the past.
1: I didn't ask you to whisper, Maureen. I just said hi, okay? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> hi, Mike, Maureen. Are
2: you, hey, Mike, how are, are you? Your, <clears throat> Mike,
1: are your candidates usually. Let me do an ad, okay? I got another <clears throat> ad.
4: Why not?
1: I can't, Why not? Usually an ad? Hey, everybody, recruiting. Yeah, guy, I just uh, cause he, he None of my questions seem to be exciting, this guy. I just don't hear the passion, okay?
2: I like uh, someone who brings a bad up playing when he has passion, and now when he's giving you actual, factual yeah. information, you're bored. Okay. There's no pleasing
0: anyway.
2: you. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, come
4: to you, to California. Me? you help
1: me, Kathy, when we come back after this ad. Hi, everybody. Recruiting Animal back again for PC Recruiter. A few minutes ago, I said the great thing about PC Recruiter is that it's configurable. But did you know? that it's also very versatile. It can do anything. That's why Martin Snyder calls it the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. It's good for all kinds of recruiting. You can use it for temp staffing or direct hire or executive search. And you know why? Because it's configurable. That's right. It's highly configurable. They – They don't impose uh, their workflow structure on you. You shape the software yourself. If you listen to this show, that's one thing you're going to go away with. I don't care what anybody (laughs) else says. I'm going to hammer this into your mind. So check them out, please, at PCRecruiter.net. Michael G. Cox, what's the key word? Configurable.
2: Yeah!
1: Okay, Kathy, (laughs) ask... ask.
2: I, I don't a, I'm not. No, I. I'm waiting for you to ask something provocative. Go ahead. Oh well, provocative. Yeah, I'm provocative. But if you're you like to me talk
3: boring, about sex all in no time. questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. How do you get your contact info? You told us Lucia and Hire Tool. What's your method of first contact? You said in mail. Is it that usually, always it?
3: It's usually an, an email or an in mail. I will follow that up with a phone call. Uh yeah. But it's usually an email and in mail.
1: What's your email subject line? Do you like boats? Is that, you're uh, right? Is uh, that what you write in there?
3: Do I write like what? Boats.
1: <laughs> I'm boats. joking. What yeah, do you sh- write in the sh- subject sh- listen. line? Listen.
3: Maybe you do write about listen. boats. I don't know. I know a recruiter who sends out emails that says, hey, I'm hiring. Call me. And I think that's ridiculous. I think that you need to somewhat entice people to have a reason to <laughs> – want to get back to you so first of all because i'm not third party i don't hide who the client is so you know xyz company is looking for a digital project manager my email is two or three paragraphs of a couple of lines out of the job description who the company is and what we do uh a link to the to the job description on the careers page would love to have a conversation with you Uh, If this isn't an opportunity or a company that you might be interested in, I would appreciate you forwarding my email to anyone you might know who's qualified and interested. Do they ever do that?
1: Do they ever do that? Do you ever get referrals through that method by asking people to forward the email?
3: Every single day, no. Do I get them? Absolutely. Because, you know, I think that one of the mistakes recruiters make is they say, Hey, give me names, give me names, give me names. You don't know who I am. You don't know my company. You don't know uh, what I'm going to do with that information when you give it. So I feel like asking someone to forward my message is a more effective means than asking for names.
1: Okay, so if you actually called the person up, like you said, you phone them if they don't reply to your email, and you decide this guy's not interested, uh, do you say, well, do you know anybody or do you not say that?
3: I do say, do I know anybody, but I'll also say, you know, I sent you an email three or four days ago. Uh, Please take a look at it. A link to the job description is there. And if you know anybody, uh, please forward it to them and have them get in contact with me.
1: Is that your voicemail? Is that your voicemail?
3: No, I don't leave voicemails.
1: You don't leave voicemail? Why not?
3: Because if I leave a voicemail, then I'm harassing them. I'm stalking them if I keep calling back.
1: Jerry said they they see that you've called anyway, okay, in their call in their caller ID. You can't tell you can't fool people. They know that you're stalking them, okay? You, no call way. Them a
2: private number. you block your not your line. Jerry I says mean, don't thing do thing it. Away. Jerry says don't do it. Block your line. I don't block ah, I don't block out don't, know it, I also just don't just call block it. I'll tell you why I blocked my line. I blocked my line because I've had, like, candidate stalkers. I mean, so... Uh, One one out of ten billion. Come on, Kathy. Oh, I've had... Seriously, I have. I don't block my line, and I don't call
3: 50 times. I will send somebody an email. I will send them a follow-up email. I will call maybe twice, and... If I don't get a response from a couple of emails and a couple of phone calls, they're obviously not interested in talking to me. I mean, uh, four, you, you know, you're not going to force somebody to, to have a conversation with you. Okay, four attempts of contact, and
1: and you said and you said the email line says hiring project manager. You put you put the job in the email line, which some people say never do
3: that. Never put in I the. E- I I not the only sub- put the job in the subject line, but I put the company name in the subject line.
0: Yeah. If you're internal, okay. who cares? If you're internal, it's not a big deal.
1: Okay. Okay. And you'll call people at work. Or we handle the gatekeeper challenge. What? What? What if when, you know, you make a presentation, you talk to somebody, Mike, I'm not interested. I'm happy where I am. Do you make an attempt to persuade the person or do you just say, thanks for talking to me? Maybe we'll speak again.
3: So if somebody – if I get some, so there's a difference between getting somebody on the phone and somebody returning your phone call and email. If somebody returned my phone call or email, uh, there's a reason why they did that. So I'm not going to just take no for an answer at that point. I'm going to, uh, they returned my phone call or email. I'm going to find out why. There was obviously some reason why you replied to my email or, or, or called me back. Um, if I call someone and get them on the phone and present them the opportunity, and they tell me that they're not interested. Now, then I'm going to just move to, to, you know, who do you know? Can you forward my email on? Really, you're not
1: going to say, you know, they say I'm happy where I am. Well, what's making you happy? What do you like there? You don't, you don't challenge them to, you know, spell it out and then attack their reasons, telling them they could get more with you, more than what they like with you.
3: You know, my approach to recruiting has never been used car salesman, and to me, that's used car salesman. Uh, There's a couple of things I don't like in our industry, and I won't get too deep into this, I promise you, but I don't like the used car salesman approach, and I don't like spamming, and those are two Uh things I'll never do. If somebody tells me they're happy in their job, what in the world am I going to say that suddenly they're going to say, wait, you know what, I am unhappy in my job, and I know that's not everybody's approach, but it's mine. Okay. Does, rather, does anybody
1: does anybody want to disagree with them here? Because I know that people always say recruiting is a sales job, and a salesperson handles objections. He just doesn't fold, right? Anybody want to take I mean, a, a says, shot at that? If
0: guy, yeah. If the guy says he's happy, you, you want to find out why. You tell him, Hey, this is a great. If it's a great company. Let me know. I'd love to work with this organization. And then if you see the guy start stumbling about information, like why it's so great about it, it's usually the first line of defense. They say no or, hey, I'm already happy. You know, it's what everyone says in your first call. But, you know, you dig a little bit, see what's really great about it. And if it is great, then great. You pick up, you hang up the phone, you call his boss, for get get a job opportunity. But, you know, more often than not, they, you know, they just say it as a way to get you off the phone.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. What about age? Does age make a difference in a recruiter, Mike? Would you hire a 50-year-old cashier from Kroger's and, and, and turn her into a recruiter. Could you do that?
3: I don't know if I would hire a cashier from Kroger's, but I would rather hire a 50-year-old recruiter than a 25-year-old recruiter.
1: Oh, really? It's Kroger's, actually. We don't have them here, so I made a mistake. It's Kroger's, right? Marine Shop's there. Okay. Why, why would you go for the uh, middle-aged person rather than the kid?
3: Because there was some point in time... When recruiting on Monster and Career Builder and those job boards, when they came out, uh, became more prevalent than uh, actually going out and finding candidates. So, um, when you look at the staff that I've had in the past and the teams that I've had in the past, I've always hired, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, the 40, 45, 50 year old recruiter uh, over the, the, the 25 or 30 year old recruiter who only knows how to use the internet. Okay. And doesn't we're know talking how to use those internet tools to look for target companies and look for, uh, you know, build lists of, of, of candidate targets and all of that. I mean, I put a lot of work into who I'm going to contact. Uh, I'm not just out there looking in, oh, here's a LinkedIn profile. Let me let me give them a yeah. call. Yeah, I, you you know, 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 I, didn't, me, I didn't really understand.
1: So wh- what is it, the age thing or the fact that, you know, she's working at Kroger's? Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about hiring a recruiter. We're talking about hiring someone who has no recruiting experience, okay, but let me move on. I have a real profound question. Every sales book says you should okay. be for, having a phony smile on your face when you're talking to people on the phone. I find that disgusting, okay? I, I would never freeze a smile onto my face to <laughs> pretend that I'm happy, right? And I, I, I want to know what you do, but first I'm going to do an ad, my final ad for the show. For we Day. all Thank know you, you're not happy.
2: We all know that. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Maureen. I appreciate that laugh. It made me feel good. That's what a, a listener should do. Okay, hone it. H O N E I T is phone interview technology. The can. Let me tell you how it works. The candidate and the recruiter they dial into the interview just like they would normally call a number. They have a regular interview, only it's recorded. So you got an audio recording after the recruiting uh, interview is over. And not only that, that recording is automatically transcribed into notes words that you can search and all the information is there you don't have to worry that you didn't hear something incorrectly that you couldn't keep up with the speaker and you forgot some details it's all there you don't have to worry about anything you could just focus on asking the questions right and then you can share The information is easy to share especially easy because if you've got a a key question that the hiring manager says mike animal Oh, Maureen, ask this question. I got to know the answer to it. When that question comes up, you press a button, and uh, the person answers. Then you press a button, another button, and that is highlighted as a clip that the hiring manager, who's ever on the interview team, they can just focus right in on that. Okay. And so I think that's all that I have to tell you uh, about Honet. H-O-N-E-I-T. Honet.com. Check them out. Thank you. Okay, back to phony smiles. Mike, do you <laughs> pretend to be
3: happy when you're on the
1: phone? Do you pretend <laughs> to be happy?
3: I'm a pretty miserable guy, and I work 14-plus-hour days, so uh, I don't know that I have a fake smile on my face, but I do get up and walk around. Um you know, I try and have some energy to my conversation, and I do get up and walk around and, and so forth. Well, Why what, what don't you ask
1: him, rounds? you
2: know what, I know personally that Mike has mentored many young recruiters, and he's also very philanthropic. Why don't you ask him about that?
1: I don't care about his philanthropy, and I, I will <laughs> ask him about the young recruiters. I I sort of gave him an opening with that 50-year-old cashier thing. But he didn't bite on it, okay, very much. But but here's the thing, Mike. I would have been want a
3: 50-year-old cashier.
1: <clears throat> yeah, okay. When you're when you're walking around, does that mean you've got a wireless headset? What kind of uh, phone do you have?
3: I have a wireless headset, and I use Skype yeah. as my phone. Oh, you use Skype? And you get good quality out of
1: that? A wireless headset with Skype? I'm
3: using, I'm using Skype in a wireless headset right now.
1: Well you're okay but you're not really loud, at least from my connection. But well, I didn't complain about it at the
3: beginning. Okay, well that's not bad then. Well, but why do you I working... travel a lot? I travel uh-huh. a lot, so I use Skype as my phone number because wherever I have my laptop I have my phone.
1: Okay. And you use it it works on Wi Fi if you're traveling, I assume you're using Wi Fi, is
3: that right? I'm on wireless Wi Fi right now, yes.
1: I mean, really? It's not bad.
3: Okay. And uh Maureen, what do you say about that? Uh, by the way, <laughs> the Skype phone is It's $2.99 a month for unlimited calling, so it's great. How much? $2.99 a month.
1: Really? Okay. Very good. Okay, so... uh, And if you don't answer
3: it, so four rings, and it goes to my cell phone. So I don't even have to manage multiple voicemails, because four rings, it goes to my cell phone, and and my cell phone is the voicemail.
1: Okay, so here's the thing. There's a tool called Textio, and it analyzes job descriptions, and it highlights for you places where you might be making a mistake using words that are biased, like some words they believe are more masculine. Uh, they appeal to a masculine audience more than a feminine audience. They make women nervous. I'm not kidding. Okay, do you believe that's a real problem? If you're writing a job description, no. do you think about no. my audience? that No? Okay. No. Why, do uh-huh. 14, no. why do you work fourteen? Why do you work fourteen-hour days? That's not that's not normal, is it?
3: I work some part of seven days a week, and um, I mean, right now, very, very thankfully, I'm blessed, and I'm very busy, and just to get it all done. Really, I know Rich Rosen works at
1: night time in front of the TV, <laughs> planning his next day. Is that what you're counting as your your
3: work hours, like fourteen hours? I don't plan I don't a day. I don't plan a day. No, I mean, I, I I get into my home office at 4.30 in the morning. I'm answering emails, I'm sourcing. I'm doing all of that. Uh, during the day, I'm on the phone. And then at about 4 o'clock, I go back to answering emails, sourcing, doing all of that. And I'm typically sitting here till 7, 8 o'clock at night, sometimes later than that. Uh, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. I'm sitting here at 4.30 again. Uh Nice weather, I'll go out and play at, you know, eleven, twelve o'clock for the day. Uh, and then I do the same thing on Sunday mornings. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: uh Okay. Okay. You know, there's a guy, Bob Sutton, who's famous for no asshole rule in working. He's got this new thing called no asshole hiring, okay? And he actually sits he, – well, he says recruiters should actually sit down with the interview team, the boss, the hiring manager, and they should grade – if the candidate, you know, is an asshole or not. Is that something you take into account?
3: If they're an asshole or not? Absolutely. Yeah. If they're an asshole, I love them because I am too. Okay. No, I'm serious. This is what he says.
1: You know, does the guy make me feel, or the candidate made me feel, you know, de-energized or disrespected? And he and he advises, he's a famous uh, professor. He advises people to sit down and talk about these Things explicitly when they make hiring decisions, but uh, sounds like it's new to you. Okay.
3: You no, know, if you take if you take that into the larger perspective, and I-, I forget the person's name on the call who also works in startups, but I hope he would agree with me that Rich. you know Rich culture Wilson. is He's the He's on upper Jerry's system. group
1: with you. How dare you not no Okay,
3: sorry, Grant, <laughs> I, I apologize. Um,
0: I, missed you it. Know, I missed this. I missed this. all right
3: <laughs> Culture is sometimes almost as important as, as skill set. So, uh, you know, if somebody's an asshole, maybe your team's an asshole. I mean, That's it all, it all issue.
1: comes together. That's personality, not culture. How do you assess culture then? Nobody's ever given me a good answer. Not really. Okay. You have
3: to for really, really, really know the team that you're working with uh, yeah. and what their motivations are. Uh, and, and and you need to match that. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, to you me, want to it's be concrete. Easy. This is
1: something on this show that's always
3: missing. I'm trying to get yeah,
1: there, oh, you've got to match
3: motivations. Left. Can you give me an example? No. Oh, Jesus. Because, because culture isn't concrete, Adam. Well, it's not. Uh, it's not. There's not an A B C checklist to culture. It's the, does somebody fit into this team? Do they have the personality, the motivation? You know, everything that goes along with fitting in with that team. It's not a. It's not a checklist.
1: I think it is a checklist, and what you're saying is gut gut feel. Well, you're
3: Canadian. So what the hell do you know? Yeah,
1: you support gut feel. You support gut feel. Alan Fleur, I you do. talked a minute ago. You got a question? You got got some questions for this guy?
4: Is no, it gonna get him excited. Cause, cause, no, Mike's, Mike's Mike's on point. He's got some stuff. We'd I'd love to have some beers with him and discuss some things. And yeah, that's not what I asked. No. I asked you to help me by asking him an interesting. Okay, question. fine. If you're desperate, Mike, what's your best? What's your best question to figure out what their true motivation is, and why you're talking with them?
3: Why? Uh, why are we talking? i no, no, no. You're right. I actually That's actually mine. That bluntly, <laughs> I actually ask it that bluntly. You know why? Why are we talking? You know, and, and usually what I'll say is, I realize that I reached out to you, not vice versa. But uh, you know why? Why are we talking? Why did you reply to my email?
1: Really, don't you find that's like a challenging them for being, you know, to it's like saying, "What are you doing here?" When no. you ask them to come in,
3: no, it's not. It's it's Ab- direct. Absolutely, it's respectful. Not. There's, there's a reason. There's a reason why you replied to my email. What is it?
1: So you think that people, if they're not interested, they just won't reply. If they reply, it's not to be polite. They're actually, you know, biting on the hook. Is that right? Oh, I don't agree. With, I
4: don't agree with that.
3: No, sometimes people will reply and say, "You know what? I'm I'm pretty good where I am right now. Love to keep in touch. You know, send send me a LinkedIn invite, whatever." But if somebody actually gets on the phone with you, if somebody's willing to have a conversation, there's a reason for that. So yeah. I'm going to ask what that reason is. Why 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 are we talking? What you know what, what prompted you to reply to my email and, and schedule a call? well
4: uh, okay. here's another one for you, animal. If they say, if, "For me, if I'm doing okay," etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, I'll reply back, and I'll say, great, would love to keep in touch. Do me a favor. If you could send me a LinkedIn connection, I'd appreciate it. I'm in LinkedIn jail for the next 24 hours. I use that as a motivation because if I get them to send me an invitation within the next two hours, I think they're actually a little bit more motivated than maybe they even realize. So you're willing to say that you're the kind of person who ends up in LinkedIn jail?
1: Okay, uh, Alan, I, I thank you very much for that tip. Mike, final Alan, words.
3: it's why did you end up
1: in LinkedIn jail? How does somebody end up in LinkedIn jail? No,
4: I didn't. I'm just, no, I didn't. I have in the it's past. It's a ploy. Oh, okay.
1: It's a ploy, Mike. Wake up. Any final words, Mike? Astringer? stringer.
3: Uh, animal, I'm sorry that uh, my my. Um, no, I thought it was an <laughs> appearance okay show. today. You did just not seem go me, as you, well you, you as don't seem excited. excited. <laughs>
2: You don't
1: seem that excited. I mean, we didn't fight about anything. I, I was expecting a little fireworks. Everybody's gone quiet on me. I, I'm just trying to pep it did up. Did you not okay? ask me
3: to be on my best behavior today?
1: Yeah, I did ask. But you know what, that means something specific. Let's not get into that. Kathy Manis, Alan Fleur, Michael G. Cox, Maureen Sherub, Jerry, Rich Rosen, hey. and Michael A. Stringer. Thank you! Oh, Kathy